Hi and welcome to the VR Gaming Podcast, a podcast about VR gaming, VR news, VR hardware, and VR reviews. I'm your host, Nick Lane. It is Sunday, July 21st, and in this episode we're going to focus on the news in VR, uh, mainly focusing on the release of Valve's new HMD, new VR headset, the Valve Index. It's been out now for a couple weeks. We'll go over the impressions that people have online, how did the launch go, I'll also be able to share my impressions of the Valve Index as I was fortunate enough to be able to test it out this weekend thanks to a friend having me over, as well as the Oculus Quest. I was able to do both this weekend, which was very exciting. All right, diving right into the news. Big news, the Valve Index launched at the end of June. I believe people got it maybe Friday the 28th of June. So it's been about three weeks at this point that people have had it, and I've been glued to Reddit and news articles because... I, as an enthusiast, want to have the best consumer headset there is, and the Valve Index is generally, well, it's the most expensive if you kind of don't consider the full package that you would spend with the Vive Pro, which is kind of taken for granted as overpriced, but it is considered to be the top of the line kind of enthusiast-grade consumer headset, and it was teased last year, last summer, um, when some photos leaked showing kind of the exterior front of the headset people were speculating about what's going on valves getting into the market so it's nice that it's finally out it's finally able to purchase uh, we were officially informed about it a couple months ago and now it's slowly starting to get into people's hands you're seeing threads on reddit where people have finally gotten their headset after uh, reserving it uh, back in may 1st so very exciting time for sure i uh I'm going to hold off on on pulling the trigger right now for various reasons. Number one, um, it's, well, I can't just get it instantaneously where there's a wait, but we'll get into that with impressions. So let's talk a little bit about what the Valve Index is, just in case people aren't familiar. Uh, Valve, of course, is uh, makers of some of the best computer games out there and also uh, the company that owns Steam and makes a lot of money on that. So when you think of Valve, a lot of times people think of the Half-Life franchise, um, Dota, Portal, etc. And this is their foray into the VR market in terms of making it for themselves. They helped design the hardware that went along with the HTC Vive, which launched in 2016. Now Valve is making their own product, which gives them more control over it, right? And I think that's beneficial because with HTC Vive, I, well, I haven't owned one, I've used one, but I've also spent a lot of time looking into HTC Vive, and there's been problems with it in terms of when something goes wrong with it, a controller breaks, headset breaks, HTC Vive is not exactly known to have good customer service. So I think this is a good move because now Valve controls it. I expect that they will have better customer service and hopefully better quality control. The headset, the resolution, is 1440 by 1600, which is exactly the, the resolution that my Samsung Odyssey has, which is a Windows Mixed Reality headset that I discussed in the intro episode. And that is something that's been around since November 2017 when the Odyssey came out. So the resolution is not a huge bump. If you want higher resolution, you can go to something like the HP Reverb, which is a Windows Mixed Reality headset that is... Kind of had a failed launch back in May, but it's starting to um, see the light of day as I believe they worked on some problems and, and correct the issues. 
So it's not a headset that has the top of the line resolution, but it is a headset that's designed with the enthusiasts in mind in just the terms of quality and construction. And I think one of the biggest pieces of that is certainly the the knuckles are actually what they're now known as the index controllers. But what kind of sets this headset apart from other ones, one of the main features is the fact that it has a unique controller to it. And the Valve index controllers can actually track your finger movement, which is not found in any other headset right now. So that's been something that we've, as enthusiasts, have been interested in some time because Valve has been teasing their controllers for, gosh, like three years now. It's been, I think, through at least three different iterations. And it has the opportunity to make VR more immersive when you can actually see your fingers moving individually. I think it was a big deal when people saw their hands in VR, at least it was for me. Now you can actually see your fingers move. Again, these are all building pieces to making VR more immersive and really believing that you're in this world that you're seeing and you're hearing and all these small steps go to making it this ideal experience where you are truly believing that you're there another thing that sets aside this headset from other headsets out there is the way that the headphones or in this case speakers are attached on the headset so on my Odyssey, for example, on the Rift, for example, you have headphones that you put on the headset, uh, the Rift S has headphones you put on the headset and it covers your ear like headphones do. On this, it has speakers that actually don't come in contact with your ear, but they hover just a little bit outside of your ear. So they're not touching, but they're there. Uh, reports on this have been that the speakers are phenomenal. Really good sound. You can hear the bass. A lot of people have said this is the new standard for uh, VR headsets. On the flip side of that, what some of the reviews are coming in in the last couple of weeks is that there's a downside to that. And the downside is that it, because it doesn't cover your ear completely, um, it lets in outside noises. So if you have a, a heater system, if your computer fans are making noises, people were even saying that on the base stations that they got with the index, there's like a, a whir, a whirling noise from them that, that they, they can hear that now, which is... You know, some people that bothers them and drives them crazy. Other people won't mind. So that's something to keep in mind. But it sounds like uh, the speakers are certainly an impressive feature, and it does set apart this headset from other headsets. The Valve Index. Another thing that sets it apart is the refresh rate. So, what's been known as sort of the standard refresh rate for VR, what we've kind of been uh, religiously told is that 90 hertz is the refresh rate that it needs to be at, and that will help minimize motion sickness. It will help lend to a believable world well the valve index can do two other refresh rates one which is 120 and then what they call an experimental 144 and again early reports on this was that the 144 uh refresh rate is well it's kind of impressive i think norm from the youtube channel tested had said it's like being highly caffeinated when he played beat saber so very intrigued about that. Now, the reports coming in are sort of hit or miss on that. I think what we're hearing uh, in regards to the refresh rate, and especially 144, is it's not like a night and day difference. Okay, A lot of people say, yeah, they like it and it's great, but it's kind of a, a small bump up or it's incremental. It's not changing VR forever kind of feature in this headset. So, consideration. Also, 
you're going to need a high-end GPU, high-end PC to really be able to take advantage of a 144 refresh rate on games. It's going to hog a lot of resources. And the other word on the street in terms of what people are saying at Reddit is that a lot of games just weren't designed to go beyond 90 hertz. So you're maybe not going to get the full potential. But again, this is something that is new in this headset and sets it apart from other ones. Whereas with the Rift S, they made sort of an odd decision to step down from 90 hertz and unlock you into 80 hertz. I'm not sure why they would have done that. I guess maybe that makes it more compatible with some of the machines out there. But if the index is able to give people the option of selecting the refresh rate, why couldn't the Rift S do that as well? That's actually one of the things that makes me think that I'm not going to ever purchase a Rift S because now that we have a headset with higher refresh rates, I'm going to want to be able to have that option, especially in certain games. And again, when we get to impressions, I'll talk a little bit about that because I was able to test that out for myself. If you were to go out and buy the Valve Index starting from scratch, which means you need the full kit, which is the headset, the index controllers, and the base stations. And by base stations, if you're not familiar with that, they're things that you actually physically hang up in your play space, in your room where you're playing VR. And that's what's able to track both your movement as a player if you're walking around the room and also the controllers as you move your hand so it knows what's going out. It doesn't have inside-out tracking like the Rift S does or Windows Mixed Reality. So Valve is sticking with this technology of using base stations. And quite frankly, as an enthusiast, there's a lot to be said for base stations because it provides the most accurate tracking. But at the same time, not everybody can hang up base stations in their house, in their room and it's a little more cumbersome and not to mention not the most aesthetically pleasing thing ever. But if you were to purchase everything, the full package, then you're looking at spending $999. And even if you hit that order today, it will take some time to get it when the whole system is back in stock, which we don't exactly know when that's going to be. Um, hopefully they're ramping up production. Hopefully things move quickly. Now, if you have the Vive, which means that you already have base stations from the Vive, then your entry point's a little less expensive. The headset itself is only $499, which is actually honestly pretty reasonable for what it is. I, I can see the price on that making probably the most sense of anything in here. The controllers, though, the index controllers, which you're probably going to want to bump up to because the Vive Wands, let's face it, is probably the worst uh, controller for VR that there is on the market right now. Uh, so you're going to want to probably get the index controllers and they're $279, which I got to tell you for, for gaming controllers is pretty damn crazy. Granted a lot of time, research and effort went into it, but the material production costs can't be that much. So that's a little bit disappointing. You got to wonder what happens if you break it or you break one. Now you've got to pay $280. If you can't get it repaired under warranty, we'll see what happens with that, but that's a little disconcerting. And then the base stations are $149 each, which again, $149 each. So you're going to need two base stations to begin with. So that's $300 for those base station. I mean, ouch. First of all, if you look on Amazon right now, I just checked the other day, there's still uh, Samsung Odyssey headsets available. And for $300, you can get that and that's it. You're good to go versus spending $1,000. So uh, there's some nuance to this. you got to kind of figure out where you fall in in terms of how much you like VR and, and how deep are your, uh, your your pockets for something like this. So the early reports on it are pretty positive overall. I think it was a good launch. Obviously, with launches, there's some, there's some issues that fall into play. 
that's to be expected. Um, oh, one more thing I'll mention is the, the displays themselves are LCD instead of OLED displays. The difference between the two is that OLED tend to have brighter, more vivid colors, and blacks really look black, right? Looks great. Whites are white. On the LCD, unfortunately, blacks kind of look gray and the whites kind of have a grayish tone to it. So you're not going to get that that vividness to it. And, so, you know, some people have expressed disappointment in the fact that they're using an LCD versus OLED. I believe that they're doing so because they're able to get that higher refresh rate with the LCD. So, again, is that going to bother you? Is that going to bother some people? You know, I have a uh, OLED display on my Samsung Odyssey and, you know, I, it looks fantastic. Originally, I had the Lenovo Explorer, which had LCD, so I understand the difference between the two, and I've seen it. I think with the LCD, even if you're used to OLED, you can certainly get used to the LCD, and life can continue on. I don't think it it's necessarily a make or break with this headset, but it's it's a little bit unfortunate because this is the top-of-the-line headset. It's $1,000, and there are going to be some compromises to getting this. The biggest issue, the biggest complaint, or the biggest concern right now with the launch of the Valve Index is that there's an issue with the Index slash Knuckles controllers. Uh, one of the issues, and this is a more minor one, at least right now it seems kind of minor, um, the finger tracking while there isn't perfect, it's, uh, I guess it gets confused sometimes, maybe between the, 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 the pinky and the ring finger, it's not, it's not 100%, it's not without issue. Maybe that's a software thing that can be improved over time. I'm not sure. Uh, the other thing that I've read on there is that people with large hands are having difficulties, I guess, feeling comfortable with the controllers. Thankfully, I've been... Bl <laughs> this actually works out in my favor this time, but I have smaller hands, so uh, when I tried it out, it seemed like it fit great. I was very happy with it. Some other oddities with this... Uh, the well, if I say knuckles, I can be forgiven because that's what they've been known as the longest time. But the other oddity with the index controllers is that the they decided to keep the trackpad on there, and that's kind of bizarre because it's got it's got a trackpad and it's got um, a joystick, a controller stick, and the stick is seems overwhelming what people prefer to use. I know on the Windows Mixed Reality controllers, it has a stick and it also has a trackpad, and I think that's to be compatible with the fact that. It, the HTC Wands only had a trackpad, it didn't have a stick. Well, whenever I can have a choice between using the two, I absolutely always use a stick. I mean, I don't, I cannot think of a scenario where I would want to use the trackpad. So the fact that some of the real estate on that controller still has a trackpad is sort of a bizarre decision. I, I've got to imagine that there's somebody at Valve who has a lot of pull who just really loves that for some reason and decided to keep it in there because I don't see a lot of love for the trackpad online in general. Uh, the other kind of interesting thing with it is is uh, people were saying online that the the controller stick is sort of in an odd position. It's sort of out of the way. In other words, the trackpad, the small trackpad on it, got more of a preference in terms of position. So um, that's a little biz bizarre, I guess. But the biggest issue with the Index Knuckles controllers is the fact that, you know, if you've ever played any video games, be it... Uh, uh, um, PlayStation or Xbox or even Steam's controller itself, when you have the thumbsticks and you click down on it, well, it works. You click down in any any motion, whether the thumbsticks are pressed all the way up or down or left or right, you can always click down on it. 
and usually there's a button or function assigned with clicking down on it. A lot of times it's the run function. Well, the reports on the index controllers is that the click almost only works in the center position. So if you're holding it up and you try to click, it won't work, or holding it left or it won't work. What's bizarre though is some people are reporting, actually it works when it's left or right, but not up or down. Or some people are reporting, actually the left controller works when it's up or down, but not left or right. So it's sort of all over the board. And it seems that, at least in conversations online, that it's a flaw in the controllers itself. It's not something that Valve intended. They didn't purposely make it that way. I mean, again, you kind of think about this common sense. Why would they, when every other controller that we've been using for uh, the last 10, 15, 20 years, has the function where you can click it down in, in any context? Uh, so that's led to certainly some frustration. People have try to return it and it's being replaced by the same thing. Uh, Valve has said in messages to people when they've emailed about that issue that that's designed to work that way, that it's functioning um, exactly as it was designed and most people aren't buying that. It doesn't seem like that's really the case. So there is frustration. Some people are definitely returning it over this issue. Uh, you spend a thousand dollars, you want everything to be as best as possible and you want it to work as possible. And this can also lead to some complication in games that like to use that function where you have to click down to run or do whatever else. So that's that's the main issue, the main negative that I think we're seeing right now with the release of the Valve Index is really in the controllers. That's given me pause for concern. I'm glad that I you know, didn't jump the gun and order it immediately because while I do want it, I'm gonna wait and see what they do here. I hope that future versions of this have this corrected issue because I don't wanna deal with that in games. It shouldn't happen in games. My uh, Samsung Odyssey, I can click it anywhere like it should. Any position, I can click it down. It's bizarre that, that this is going on and I think a lot of people are, are frustrated at Valve because it, to them it's very clearly a flaw that, um, hey, this is a flaw. Uh, we'll correct it. They're sort of doubling down saying no, that was the original intent with it. So we'll kind of stay tuned on that. We'll see if the future batches, if they correct it, and hopefully they do. Hopefully they make it up to the people who did put faith in their product and ordered early without really having the advantage of any reviews or being able to test it out themselves. And while we're on the subject of the index controllers, the other kind of comments that come up about it is that there's just not a lot of games that really take advantage of it right now. So developers will have to start implementing in future games and also going back into older games and adding that functionality, which there's no guarantee that that will happen. So you might have an index and maybe you sold your HTC Vive or you got rid of your other controllers and you're using the index um, all the time. You might run into some games that it's just not working properly or not working as well as it did with, with your Oculus Rift controllers, uh, with your HTC Vive, etc. But like I said, overall, it's a positive reception about the the index. This is it seems from what people are saying that this is not necessarily VR 2.0. That there's some incremental improvements here. That it's certainly an improvement over the HTC Vive. Uh, the controller I think is showing us the direction we're going in and is an evolution in terms of controllers for VR. The refresh rate was a surprise, I think, to a lot of people. And it's something that it's nice to have that option. I can, I can see that being valuable in games. So I'm gonna table that for the news on the index because later on in this, I'm gonna talk about my 
basically 30 minutes that I got to demo an index and my impressions on it. Really excited to get to that. All right, so going on in the news, the uh, this is seemingly some positive news. The Oculus Quest has been out of stock, and there have been reports since the uh, Oculus Quest came out that it's frequently gone out of stock. Uh, I can only assume that that's a good thing, that demand has been higher than expected, although there's no clear answer on that. They could be having trouble sourcing some parts for it, but I gotta imagine that this is doing quite well. Now some kind of anecdotal or, or basic evidence, if you will, I went to the uh, Reddit uh, subreddit for Oculus Quest and they have 26,000 members. Now granted this came out in May, so I think that's pretty good. And to give you a comparison, the Oculus Go, which came out last year around the same time, I believe that was in May, even though it's been out for over a year, the Oculus Go only has 12,000 members. So this is really good. Uh, Windows Mixed Reality maybe has like 12,000 as well, and the Index and their subreddit has 18,000. So all indications right now is that the Quest is doing quite well, uh, maybe better than expected for companies, which is great news. Um, I think it's a perfect uh, entry point for people who want to get into VR but don't have a PC or don't want to invest in a PC. We'll talk about my impressions of that coming up later in the show. While we're on the subject of VR and the success of VR and VR hardware, there was a CNBC article a couple weeks ago, maybe just last week, uh, with uh, there was an interview with Jack McCauley, who was one of the original Oculus founders who left uh, Facebook in 2015. Uh, McCauley, from my understanding, helped design uh, the hardware of the Oculus. And uh, he, he's known for the Guitar Hero fame in terms of designing that. So he's obviously somebody who's been in that industry, in the video gaming industry, for quite some time. Uh, it was sort of a negative article where McCauley was basically saying he doesn't see much of a future for VR and sales have been disappointing. He doesn't think that there's a market for VR gaming and he said, quote, if we were going to sell, we would have sold. So it looks like he's thinking that, man, if this thing was going to be successful, it would have happened already. So I think he was banking, at least in his mind, on sort of instant success. And maybe there's some of that because, you know, we looked at VR and we thought that, hey, this is going to be explosive when it came out and there was some disappointment. Uh, yeah, on the flip side of that, we're seeing steady growth in VR. And I certainly don't expect it to be something that's an overnight hit because there is a barrier of entry in terms of cost. It's also one of those things that you really got to see it to know how amazing it is, as I went over sort of in my origin story and first experiencing VR in the intro episode. There's also some figures in here from the article that I'll read saying that the, um, the Oculus Quest, which was released in May, has sold nearly 1.1 million units, which, I mean, again, that seems pretty good for something that was released, uh, released in May. Uh, because along this line, it says the Oculus Rift has sold 547,000 units since the start of 2018. So uh, the Quest is off to a very good start. Uh, as we just said, it's it sold out. Uh, people can't get it who want it. Uh, we're seeing good numbers of users in the uh, subreddit for Oculus Quest. So uh, I, I, you know, I, I respect somebody who's been in this industry for so long. It just seems super pessimistic and i think this is a, a long road to go for vr to be something that's on par with video games i mean video games it wasn't an overnight success so to speak where everybody had a video game system right it was sort of the super nerds who had it versus everybody who has a video game system now at least one there's also an odd quote in here uh from jackson you put it on and there's a lot of wow to it but then what do you do with it uh says mccauley said even when i was there i thought people weren't going to wear a headset and walk around with it in public 
So maybe that's uh, something out of context because that sounds more like AR, but because the article is on VR and we're talking about VR and VR units sold, who's walking around with VR in public? Nobody is. You, you It's a thing that you do when you, you go in your home and you put the headset on, you play there. You're going to bump into walls and trip and it doesn't happen. That is kind of a, a nonsensical comment. So I'm not sure you know what the expectations were and where we are. Obviously, there's a, the rift or gulf between that, but... I, it's it's too bad to see these pessimistic articles. I, I, I hope and I think he's wrong, but uh, worth mentioning uh, because that's some of the some of the sentiment out there. I think that we're all fighting against and we're all sort of optimistic for VR. I realistically, I think it's going to take some time, but things like the Oculus Quest, I think, uh, and this is a lot of respect for Facebook, but this is uh, what's going to get it to the point where it's mainstream. And I think that Facebook's approach with the Quest makes a lot of sense. And it's good that we have the index for enthusiasts. It's really good right now. We're in a great spot. 2019 has been a fantastic year that we have choices. We have options. We can get this enthusiast high-level grade uh, with the Valve Index. And we can also point our friends into it who say, wow, I like VR, but I'm not going to go out and spend a couple thousand dollars, a thousand dollars on a computer, then a thousand dollars on a headset. You can say, great, you don't have to. You can have a very similar experience for $399. That's an amazing statement. That's an amazing spot to be in, that we've gone this uh, uh, this far in such a short period of time. So um, very optimistic and more bullish on VR. I think it's only going to get better over time, and the Oculus Quest is going to lead the way. Now let's go over some game news, just some uh, brief updates. So Space Junkies, it's worth mentioning, there's a Humble Bundle sale going on. So just search Humble Bundle, and this is a way to get great deals on some VR games. A lot of VR games for sale. I saw that Skyrim was on there for like $19.99. Uh, great price. A lot of good games on there. One that definitely caught my eye was Space Junkies, which is only $6.99. Now, that game, when it was released just a few months ago, I think back in March, was like $40. Now it's been cut to $20, which is a good move. This is not an indication that this is not a good game. Quite the contrary. I think they're doing a great move of, of lowering the barrier of entry to get into this game because... A lot of times, there's not a lot of games for $40, and by creating a price point of $20 that's more palatable, people are going to uh, definitely try it at that point, and they're going to see that it's a great game. So $6.99 is a steal. It's only for three more days, so if you're fortunate enough to hear this podcast, definitely get it. That's a no-brainer, low risk. Uh, even if you miss out on that, $20 is still a smoking deal on one of the best first-person shooter arena-style games on VR, if not the best arena-style uh, my other love is Pavlov. I think those two games, between Pavlov and Space Junkies, they're the best first-person kind of multiplayer shooters that we have available right now. And Space Junkies is a game made by Ubisoft, which is a AAA game. It is polished. It works. It's not early access. I've experienced a couple bugs with it, but totally worth it. Not the kind of thing that's going to derail you from playing the game. And it, despite whatever people might say on Steam or whatever, it does have a big player base because it's cross-play with the Oculus, uh, um, not the Quest, but the Oculus Rift and the PSVR. In fact, it shows like a ranking system of how many people have played the game. And last I checked, which was last week, there's at least 14,000 people who have played that game. So you will find matches in it. Do not despair. Do not worry. Speaking of multiplayer games and ranking, uh, one of my favorite games is Spark. And that came out in November 2017. That is what can be considered a VR sport game. Maybe the first VR sport. 
if, the best way to describe Spark is kind of like if you remember the disc wars in Tron, where you have one person at one end and one person at the other end, and you're, you're throwing these discs. Well, instead of discs, there's balls, but this is pretty much Tron Disc War, and it's done very well. And the mechanics just work. You can put curve on the ball. You're trying to throw this 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 ball and hit your opponent in almost like a Tron-like setting. They're trying to do the same. Uh, if you miss your opponent but get it behind them in like a circle, then your ball becomes faster, meaning you have more likelihood of hitting them. Anyways, um, when this game was released, the company CCP Games got out of doing VR. They exited that. And this game has remained stagnant in terms of updates or support. Now, it's been working, and that's the good news, and it's got a pretty healthy player base. You can always find games in there. That's another um, game that's cross-play. But to everybody's surprise, uh, just in the last two weeks, they released an update to it, which we were all surprised because we thought it was abandoned, and the update added ranked play to it. So now you can go in, and you can pick ranked in the options, and you can play a game that will rank you against other opponents and get a ranking, a world ranking, which is uh, great because it's got a nice uh, competitive scene to it. So this is a really good move. I'm hoping that this is an indication that they're going to jump back into VR, at least supporting this game, at least looking at this game for maybe eSports. And I think it would have a great fit and a great home on the Oculus Quest. So no news on that, but I wouldn't be surprised if they released it on the Oculus Quest because it's already on uh, the PlayStation good cross-play opportunities, and it would just work so well on the Quest. And last but not least for gaming news, uh, Gorn has come out of early access, so Gorn is in its full release. If you have not played Gorn, that is a game that you should absolutely add to your VR library. It is a game where you're picking up weapons and slicing and dicing sort of these cartoon-like gladiators in a gladiator arena. It's a single-player game. Uh, the physics in the game is is sort of cartoon-esque, but also sort of realistic. You can dismember. You can. It, it just has a really good immersion factor to it. It's kind of funny. It's definitely gory, uh, but one of those games that it's fun to watch when you're playing with some friends. And I highly recommend it. Add that to your library. Gordon is out of early access. All right, so we're going to move on to impressions of both the Oculus Quest and the Index. As mentioned, I got really lucky, and a friend of mine who's a VR enthusiast locally has both a Quest, and he just got the Index a couple days ago, so he was nice enough to have me over to check it out. Now, we'll start with the Quest first. I spent, gosh, maybe like 10 minutes in the Quest, and I'm sorry, this is not a, a review. This is more of an impression. I just wanted to get a quick idea of what to expect for it, and... The initial impressions was that it looks great. I have a go, and uh, the visuals are on par with that, possibly better, in just sort of like the menu and opening screen. It did feel bulky. It did feel heavy. And, you know, if I'm only in there for 10 minutes, I can't really speak to the fact of how it holds up over an hour. He also had the deluxe audio strap that he kind of rigged to it from the, the Vive, so it doesn't come that way. Um, that felt a little bit weird to wear on my, my ears and how it sat, so... I can't give a, a pure kind of comfort um, impression of that, but I did notice some weight to it. So, you know, longer play sessions, I understand when people say that it gets uncomfortable, I, I can dig it. But at the same time, I mean, it's got everything in it. There's no wires. Uh, the Oculus Quest, you can buy standalone for $3.99 and you are good to go. You are playing VR. And man, it is impressive what they're able to do. You've got six degrees of tracking with the controllers. The controllers themselves felt good. I loaded up Robo Recall, a game I've never played before. So um, 
I gotta say, it looks pretty good. I wasn't able to compare it to um, a PC version because I haven't played it. Things in the distance looked a little blurry, um, but overall, I, I I just couldn't believe that this is, we're finally at six degrees of freedom on a wireless standalone headset for such an affordable price. I mean, you can charge $800 for this and it wouldn't be crazy considering what it's doing. This is a great way for people to get into VR. It does some things to make it work, make it happen. Obviously, the visuals are a little bit lower quality, but they're, they're still very good. I mean, they're very functional. One, The other game that I hopped in was Creed by uh, Servios, and I have Creed. And I've got, you know, the images cracked up as much as possible on, on my computer. And I got to say, it looked really good on the Quest, better than I expected. You can see some ways where they, um, you know, lower things or uh, maybe reduce the crowd or reduce this or, or that. But overall, it looks very good. Um, very impressed with that. I'm not in the market. I don't see myself getting a Quest because I've already got the PC and I can just see it collecting dust because... I will just always default to the PC, which has um, a higher refresh rate because the, the Quest is at 72, and I have a bigger library of games, and the games are going to look better, etc. But if I didn't have a PC and I wanted to get into VR, then the Quest would definitely be the way to go. It's the platform that I would recommend to friends who don't want to nerd out and invest in all this gear like I did. So i um, very happy with that. I, I wish them nothing but success. Okay, so let's go on to the index impressions. I was able to spend maybe 20 minutes with the index, and uh, the first game that I jumped into was Pavlov because I spent a lot of time playing Pavlov. I have over 40 hours in the game. Recently, it's like I've been playing that game every other day. So it was a good way for me to kind of translate my experience from uh, the Samsung Odyssey into this. First thing I notice is slipping on the index controllers, and they just felt good. Um, they seem smaller than I, what I was expecting. It's hard to gauge when you look at pictures, but th they definitely seem smaller. But they fit my hands perfectly, and as mentioned, I have smaller hands. Um, they seem well-constructed. I didn't see any issues with it. I just I sort of like the design. I like the feel. That was good. Then putting the headset on, the padding in there is phenomenal. The way it kind of, you, you tighten the back to get it on your head. That made all the sense in the world. That felt good. Then I was able to adjust sort of how close the screen is to my eyes. There's an external knob that you turn. And uh, that is what sort of can increase the field of view or FOV or FOV. So I was able to kind of play with that. I didn't notice, um, I wasn't like overwhelmed by, wow, the, the, the FOV on here is amazing compared to my odyssey i mean I, I believe maybe it's a little bit bigger but it's not it's not anything dramatic and i think i can be forgiven for thinking that there was no difference even though there, there probably was some depending on how i had that situated so it was nice to have that ability but you know no major leap the other thing in just looking at the screen is now there's an lcd so instantly i noticed that you know instead of blacks you got sort of these grays which is not as visually impressive. Um, that was a bit of a, a downside. It's not something that's like a, a game changer would ruin it for me. But, you know, it's it, it bears worth mentioning that that's a, a bit of an issue. Um, when I got into the game, though, I've got to say that the game looked good and it felt good, if that makes sense. And I think it has to do with the fact that it was running at 144 hertz refresh rate. 
Um, very hard to describe. It wasn't super profound, and I almost wonder if you know if I didn't know it was at 144 or know that it can go to a higher resolution. I don't know how I would describe it other than that the screen felt comfortable, but I did get a slight enhanced feeling of presence in the game. It's Again, it's not overwhelming, but you can feel it, and I really liked it. The other thing that was playing into it was now I'm going from inside out tracking on the Odyssey to base stations, um, and the tracking is obviously better, especially for a game like Pavlov where you might bring the gun close to you and you got to try to look in the scope. It can lose tracking on the Windows Mixed Reality uh, headset and controllers. On this, it's perfect and flawless. So I hopped in a game and, uh, well, struggled a little bit. First, the buy menu was activated by using the uh, joysticks, the thumbsticks. And I had that trouble. I had that issue clicking by. I got used to it and I was able to make it work, but it was a little frustrating. It was not as smooth as it was on or is on the Samsung Odyssey. The other thing that I struggled with, and I think this is might just simply be getting used to it, is the fact that um, when I'm gripping the thing, I'm actually gripping the gun. And if I let go, my gun falls on the floor. And then using my other hand to steady the gun. So there's times when I'm like gripping the gun I didn't want to and or dropping the gun. But I think more or less that's my comfort. There was a time when I, I, I told my friend, hey, I'm getting used to this. And I was trying to cock the gun back, but my hand was like stuck on it. It didn't seem no matter what I did, it, even I like let my hands go, the controller like lost the fact that it was letting it go. I, I don't know. I had some, there's some wonkiness to it. Okay. It wasn't as smooth as I hoped it would be. I'm going to chalk that up to I'm just not used to it, and it's not the actual uh, controllers. That was a little weird. But once I got into the game, I was like a killing machine. I don't know if it was just being excited or I was really focused and dialed in, but I found the experience just to be better. I was able to find those headshots when I couldn't before. It was a very smooth experience. It was I felt like it was a heightened experience being in that game versus my headset. It felt less like a game and more real even more real than what's already impressive with the Samsung Odyssey. So that, I think, the fact that I got to play Pavlov first and had such a positive experience, that has got me saying now, I think I need to get a Valve Index. And I'm ready to kind of jump into getting better tracking in base stations. It wasn't an option when I first got into VR because I didn't have a dedicated VR room. Now I do, so now I can hang up and mount base stations and I, I never wanted to go back to the Vive because of the lower resolution. The Vive Pro was too much. But now I think is the time to do it after having that positive experience with uh, Pavlov. The speakers that kind of just hang on your outside of your ear without touching your ear, the sound was definitely good. When I was in the game, um, I wasn't noticing outside sound. So you sort of forget about it. So I, maybe the only problem might be in, in games that are quiet or more atmospheric, but I think overall that's a good thing. Of course, if it's bothersome, you can just plug, you can take, take those off and just plug headphones in, but who wants more cords dangling? I, I don't. So um, I, think it's, I think it's a net positive overall, but it's not without its drawback. I think that's just something that I'd have to decide if I like over time. Um, yeah, overall, though, it was just a, a very good impression. I then tried I tried Spark, and that was running at 144 because I played a lot of Spark, and I didn't notice a big difference at 144 at all. In fact, Spark played pretty much exactly like it plays on my Windows Mixed Reality headset. Um, throwing was the same. 
I was kind of surprised. I thought I would play better or do better in that game because of the higher refresh and the better tracking controllers, but it was exactly like my experience with the Windows Mixed Reality. So kudos to them, by the way. They do. That's a good system and good platform. And then I tried Beat Saber. And again, even though that was running at 144, I really didn't notice a difference. Um, if it was there, it was so negligible. Pavlov, for whatever reason, uh, that was that was the biggest difference, and that sold me. So this is kind of a, a weird spot to be in when I think the Valve Index for $1,000, you know, I would have expected, I think, something kind of next-level-esque, like a big jump in, in field of view or... Um, wireless or foveated rendering but the fact that it doesn't have that is a little disappointing for the price point if since it doesn't have that i wish the price point for the total package was like i don't know 699 799 at most a thousand dollars is a big chunk of change to jump on something that in some ways is a lateral movement in some ways is a step back with the uh, lcd displays but overall i think this is the uh, best headset that i've ever ever experienced I would like to get it uh, once maybe another month or two goes by and hopefully they resolve the issues with the controllers because I think I would get pretty bitter pretty soon if um, I'm using controllers that just aren't functioning right. And especially I don't want to buy a headset or use controllers that are in some ways operating worse than a Windows Mixed Reality system that's only $300 and came out in November 2017. That should not be the case at all. This should be a net positive as much as possible. So that is going to wrap up this episode of the VR Gaming Podcast. You can find us and interact with us at on Facebook at VR Gaming Podcast. You can also find me on Twitter with uh, at Podcast VR, or you can send an email, and I'll be happy to answer questions on future episodes by reaching out to VRGamingPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and I'll catch you next time.